I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Christmas Joe present Hardcore Listing, the podcast. Hello and welcome to Hardcore Listing podcast. I'm about half of your presenting duo. I am Stuart Roy Whiffin. Sitting opposite me today via the means of Zoom is my co-presenter, uh, co-host. Uh, and, co- and worst half. Worst yes, half. yes. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm all right, thanks, mate. I'm recovering from everyone's insults on my beard so far this morning. And um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we've already kind of gone in, and, and, uh, and the, the guests are sitting here. We'll introduce them in a sec. Uh, we've already just kind of... It feels relaxed already. It feels like everybody's on board with just how it runs here. We've just... Let's just rip the piss out, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> well, um, just a few things, I guess, um, before we get on with today's episode. Before we get on our sponsors, can I just do a little shout-out? Um, former guest and a uh, good friend of Chris and I's, Cunt and the Gang, is, uh, as we speak today, currently looking to be at number two in the charts on his quest for uh, to be the Christmas number one uh, with his uh, track, uh, Boris Johnson is a... I won't go into it. Go and find that out <laughs> for yourself. But it's looking like, with a little bit more support, it's going to hit the number one uh, Christmas spot, which will be incredible um so, so uh <laughs> yeah so go and support it go and uh, go and download it and buy it and, and share it and tweet it and all of that stuff right sponsors christopher egg fried our newest sponsor do streetwear prolific streetwear they're releasing lots of different uh pieces already it's skateboard choir punk hip-hop inspired and they also do handmade denim as well and you can get yourself a little discount code using egg salad in the discount code section and that'll get you 10 percent off so yeah go and get stuck in also do you want to do love beer yeah go on then. yeah uh, go on then, you do it so we've got our mate charles and he's uh he's got a wonderful company called love beer love-beer.co.uk and if you go over there he will well he'll turn up at your house and build you a bar um, a bespoke bar, not just in your house in, or wherever you want one, that's what he does. But also in lockdown, he's been delivering um, incredible boxes of beer to your front door. So if you want some really, really decent beers and uh, porters and stuff, then go over to the website and use the discount code. Hey, oh, I'm going to try and forget this myself. HC. Wrong, wrong. Oh, fuck's sake. Go on, what is it? Wrong. LBHCLP. There you go. Uh, and that'll save you some pan notes if you go over there and buy yourself some beers. So go and uh, go and support him. Last one, Chris. Who else? Ah, oh, Luke. Don't worry about him. He's a bit of a knob. Yep. Um, <laughs> anyway, today's guests. Um, well, it's Windy and Flav. Hello. 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 How's How are you going? doing? Great to be here. Uh, I'm, I'm fantastic. Like, I've, I've never felt better. We have that effect, mate. <laughs> I am so happy to be. It's been a long time coming. Been really excited about it, and um, yeah, it's, just, it's great that we're, we're now on it. Wonderful. Well, well, before we get going, do you want to tell the listeners um, how we kind of uh, come into contact with you and your podcast and such? Go on, Wendy. Yeah. So Stu, she was very kind and came on our podcast. It's called Fifteen Minutes with Flav and Wendy. It's uh, it's it's what it says on the tin. It's it's a fifteen minute podcast where we pick a topic. Uh, and our listeners suggest topics and we talk about it for 15 minutes and stop that conversation when the timer goes oh and we've we, we've kind of we've had some random random topics on there so far but it's been good fun um Stu Stu came on and did one on on podcasts and another one on self-employment they were a lot of fun 
Um, Flav, how how would you how would you best describe the pod to people who have never listened before? It's it's essentially like everyone's got fifteen minutes, right? And we thought like Chris, Wendy sent me a message during lockdown and went, I've "Got this great idea." Just quickly, pod, should 15... that happen again? Windy is also called Chris. So <laughs> yes. rather than like double up on the Chris's, here be Windy. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so apologies, should have said. Uh, yeah, Windy said he's got, I've got this great idea, brilliant ideas, and it, just do a podcast in 15 minutes, that'll be it. And I'm like, that is fantastic. How can, like, no one has thought of that before. How can we be the first? And we, there are tons of people that have thought of this already. <laughs> there, there are about 15, 15 minute podcasts out there, all much bigger than ours. But the way ours differ is what we, the, the podcast we've, we, we, me and Windy have produced several podcasts, mostly about football, but um, this one wasn't. And the best thing about our podcast, we think, is the chemistry we have together. And I'm sure you, you two are the same. You've been mates for so long. Mm. Uh, no, no, fair enough. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, and it's essentially that what people connect to eventually. Yeah. So you're talking about things that everybody go through, like school, uh, first girlfriends, Puberty. motivation existentialism <laughs> puberty all, all the things that all of us go through but we talk about it from our perspective and the best one the funniest one we've done apart from the ones we've done with Stu is uh, the one called uh, on sleep we never knew that the subject of sleep would be so funny so <laughs> yeah so you can you can um, you can fit this podcast in in and around your life you don't need to, uh, an hour or two hours as typical of, of a podcast if you're on the bus you're waiting for the bus or you're waiting for your missus to get ready, whatever it might be, um, you can just stick that on 15 minutes and it feels a bit of time in your day. And so for new listeners, you would say a good starting point would be sleep episode? I, I think so. I think so. That's my favourite episode so far, I think. Windy? What about you? Uh, I, so the reason we came up with our, our top five today is because we did a really good pod on first jobs. Uh, yeah. And it made me want to talk oh. about it more. Brilliant. Uh, everyone, everyone's got stories about their first jobs, but um, I didn't know what flavs were, and we, we'd never spoken about it before. And so it was just we were finding out about them for the first time, and I was I was crying with laughter at some of the stories. And it was really fun to talk about my first jobs as well. So that that was a good one. Puberty's a good one as well. Um, flavs amazing on the existentialism one. It's something he talks about. That's, so, that's a bit of a downer, so. though. That one. That's a bit of a downer. Don't. Yeah, true. True. There ain't many laughs in that one. Don't don't listen to that if you want cheering up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If you want cheering up, listen to the alcohol one where I tell a story about um, when I oh. got so drunk my parents watched me do a poo. Whoa! No, <laughs> there was more to it than that. I thought he was going all in there because oh. you've got to listen to that episode as well. Oh, great. <laughs> okay. Well, um, you've teased us there. So, what is your top five today? It's top five work stories. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. I've, I've was a, a quite strong work ethic from a lot of young age. I've been made uh, 13 years old. I started my, um, my, my, my paper round. And it, this is the, the, the reason why now at 39, I, because I've been working since I was 13, I can't think of anything worse than working anymore. I've, I've had enough of working. I want to procrastinate and do nothing. If I could, I would, 100%. Really, would you? Yeah, yeah, just get, just do nothing all day. Yeah. If I had the money to do nothing, that's the dream. Oh, that's mate, what everyone's aiming mate, for. One of my best mates, me and Mark, we're always like, I don't understand why people say I'll be coming a, like, I wouldn't know what to do with all that money if I won the lottery. <laughs> I fucking absolutely know what to do with it. And it, 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 yeah. won't, it won't make me unhappy at all. I'm, <laughs> I'm quite happy with no money. If you gave me the budget to just terrorise people like Stu all day long I'll, I'll do it I just waste the money annoying Stu like just putting ice sculptures on your front lawn <laughs> and stuff like that <laughs> oh brilliant um, well, who, who wants to go first Flav or Windy go oh, on Flav you first mate <coughs> um, uh, right, which one is, oh okay uh, this one's called Twix um, <laughs> I, I started my my first proper job was working for Woolworths. Um, Incredible. I, I was I was this would have been um, in the nineties, maybe ninety seven, ninety six. Uh, I was paid two pounds sixty three an hour, which at the time there was no minimum wage. If you were under <coughs> the age of eighteen, there was no minimum wage. So they literally just did what the fuck they wanted, and I was happy for that to happen. Um, so I uh, I'd been there for about a year. Part of the job would be. Um, having to stock it, so uh, stock um, restock the floor, but that couldn't happen when the shop was open. So it always happened at about 
between the hours of six and nine at night. So not only have you been in this, doing this job, like a robot just scanning at like people's toilet brushes or whatever it is they buy from, used to buy from Woolworths. Um, and then, and then, so that was depressing enough, but then you'd have to then go and work in this really dark, cold storeroom. And at about, because you know when you're like 16, you don't plan your timing of how, when you eat. You just eat. You don't, it's not like now I'll get up at 9 o'clock breakfast time, then I'm having my lunch. I'm planning my day around my, my meals, right? But then it was just like, I just, you, you get to points where you're starving for no reason. And it was about 8 at night, and I was peckish. Uh, and I was on the confectionery aisle, and no one was around, and there was a random Twix just lying on the side. It wasn't packaged up, so they didn't open any packages to get to it. It was just there. So I'm not uh, proud to admit that I ate this Twix, but I thought, no one's going to know. It's not going to bring Woolworths down, although, you know, <laughs> maybe... <laughs> Twix by maybe Twix. Was Butterfly Twix effect. Twix. <laughs> yeah. Um, I ate the Twix and didn't think any more about it. Uh, a couple of days later, I got a call from my store manager, as did about 20 other staff members, that to be told that they'd installed cameras into the storeroom because there'd been prolific thievery in, throughout this, this particular store of, of uh, Woolworths. And they said, have you been stealing from, from, from Twix? And I was like, no, of course I haven't been stealing, not even in thinking about the Twix. Um, they said, all right, come in. And uh, they said, right, we've got you on tape. We've got you on tape, uh, you know, stealing from, you know, stealing public, uh, company property. I was like, you haven't. You, I, you haven't done it. You haven't got me on tape. <laughs> and, they, and they press play, old VHS, proper grainy sort of CRT screen. And there I was, <laughs> munching into the, this Twix and then just chucking the wrapper into the, into, to the, uh, to the bin. But... But luckily, like to their credit, because it was a not, like a menial thing, I um I, I was allowed to resign, which made getting a, my next job in mothercare a lot easier. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think as as far as tearing, you know how who was the most prolific thief in Woolworths, I was quite low, so I think I got away with it. Other people were nicking like tons of CDs. One of the scams at Woolworths were nick loads of CDs from the um from your entertainment desk and then take them to another Woolworths and just get refunds for them all. That was happening wow. a lot. But that's, that, that's next level. They fired you for that, basically. Or, well, you, you had to walk. Like, like you're in Parliament. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, 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 they pushed. Yeah, they just let, they let me walk rather than, rather than, um, than kicking me. Um, and, but I, yeah, they, they, yeah, yeah, they, they, they did. They fired me well, for all intents. And I don't blame them because like, that could have been the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. I could have been doing it's anything. It's a slippery slope, mate. It's yeah, a slippery slope. I just want to ask that you said you was in the confectionery aisle. Was this at a time when Wolves had stopped having that great big fuck off island of pick a mix that you could <laughs> no. walk around? Yes, <laughs> I remember that specifically. I would think I I think that was gone by the time. I don't think they had pick a mix at the time. Everybody when I, I stole from that. It was just yeah. one of the things you done in Woolworths. Incidentally, <clears throat> I'm going to do a name drop now. Um, but I used to do lots of work with uh, Jay from the Inbetweeners, and when Woolworths went under, they then went online, and uh, and one of the things that they were keen to push online was. Pick-a-mix delivered. He done, well. he done the voiceover for the advert, and I don't know what his basic payment was, but the bonus payment was he had unlimited pick-a-mix delivered to his front door <laughs> for the rest of his life. That is incredible. <laughs> and and how, did he take advantage of this? I don't know. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm sure he must have, like... I mean, I don't even know bit. if Woolworths Online is still a thing. I don't know, but... Uh, I but yeah, it was awful. awful I, I, I don't imagine that anyone could order enough pick a mix to justify the travel expenses of getting it to their door. I oh, know. It's so, so cheap. I <laughs> know. Oh, so cheap. I oh, know. Incidentally, the CD uh, trick, um, one of my first jobs was in WH Smith's. Um, I'll just throw one in the mix here. Um, and our scam was I would take the security tags off, put them out on the shelf. My mate would come in and steal them. Uh, and then we would go and take them to, like, you know, HMV or whatever, and uh, and, and like cash them in. 
Um, he got caught um, and grasped me up straight away. I didn't get an opportunity to walk. Um, I had to go to court. Um, I was the first person to get arrested in Lakeside Shopping Centre. No way. Uh, and, and was threatened with a custodial sentence. Wow. And, uh, yeah, so it was quite weird. Incidentally, the fellow that stole the stuff uh, is now a police officer. Oh, wow. <laughs> All coppers are bastards, mate. There you go. There you go. Like One day I will go and spray his name, is a grass, on a bridge. I will do it. <laughs> <laughs> right, what you got for us, Wendy? Um, all right, I'll save my. I'll, since we've done retail already, I'll save my retail story for later. I, I loved working in retail so much. But um, my first job out of uni, I'm, I'm, I'll call this story porn. Um, just to sort of this, te- just to tease my you. interest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pr- proceed. I can see that Chris. Chris is already. Um, yeah, he's lurched forward in his chair. Um, so my first job out of university, I wasn't very ambitious when I finished university, and I, I just. I knew that I just wanted a, a simple office job just to kind of get me used to what it's like to work in an office. And I wanted to be local. So I, I signed up with a, a, you know, recruitment agency in my town. I literally took the first job that they found for me. I was getting paid 12, £12,500 a year as a graduate. And this, this is 2005, so not even that long ago. It was terrible, terrible pay for the work that was expected. And it was for a company called the Audit Bureau of Circulations, so you might have heard, so when you, when you open a magazine or a newspaper, on the front page, inside cover, is the ABC logo and their circulation figures. And they, the newspapers or the publishers use that to then sell advertising. Mm-hmm. So the ABC that I worked for was responsible for doing the audit work to check those circulation figures. Really dull stuff. So because it was so dull, we used to find a lot of ways to make our jobs fun. I was I was an audit assistant, so I would do lots of the kind of preparation of the data and stuff like this. So it was it was a good laugh, to be fair. We had a, a group of us who were all sort of either on their gap year or recent graduates. And we, we, like, for example, one of the stupid things we would do, we, we played this game called TFAP. It was a uh, toss for a pound, whereby someone would walk up to your desk and say, TFAP? And you either say yes or no, and then they would toss a two pence piece, and the winner would get a pound off the other person. You know, you call call heads nice. or tails, and the winner would get a pound off the person. I, I, some somehow, I don't know how, I lost twenty quid in a month on that. It, that's not how odds <laughs> should work, but that's how it worked for me. I lost twenty quid on TFAP, and um, that's not the story though. Um, if I say if I say the words tub girl, do you all know what tub girl is? No, oh, yeah. no, no. Okay, oh. right, interesting. So this, as I see it, this world is divided up into two groups of people, people who are internet people and people who aren't internet people. And tub girl is something that anyone who's been associated with the internet from the, the early days would, would appreciate. So tub girl, um, <laughs> tub girl is an is a, a internet meme or image uh, of a girl bending over in a bathtub. She's not bending over. She's well. She's got her legs behind her head. She's on her yes. back with her legs behind her head. Yes. Uh, she she's she's spraying. Um, <laughs> yeah, liquid uh, poo. It's like rusty water over herself. She has. Uh, I seem. To, I haven't seen the image in a while. But what's kind of burnt into my memory is a very prominent anus. You know, like you know how with belly buttons you have <laughs> innies or outies. Yeah. Her oh, anus yeah. is an outie, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Like, it's a very, oh, very prominent a... anus. <clears throat> Prolapse. She's had a... I've... Oh, my God. I've just oh, seen oh, it. Someone's seen just it. pulled yeah. it up. So so what you've done there, Chris, is exactly what one of my colleagues did when we were talking about Tub Girl. So there was a lovely girl called Beth who we, I was working with. She was <laughs> so, so sweet, so nice, incredibly naive and innocent, like such a sheltered life. But she was so involved in all the chat and we were... You know, one day we were just having this chat. It was a very quiet office, and we were in the middle of it. And so we kind of kept our voice voices lowered down. Our, our boss had popped out to get a cup of tea or something, and um, we got onto the subject of of Tub Girl. <laughs> and Beth, not knowing what Tub Girl, what she wasn't an internet person, she didn't know what Tub Girl was. She googled Tub Girl on her work computer. Oh. I didn't know this was happening at the time. We were just continuing our conversation, right? And I just hear this sort of. This, this gentle voice say across the um, across destiny, Chris. Chris, can you come here a second? 
It's like, is everything okay? She went, I need you to, I need you to come here. And she sounded so, so scared. You know, something bad's happened. I was like, what's happening? Are you all right? What's going on? Like, this is, this is like a couple of minutes after the conversation moved on. So Tub Girl was gone from my mind. Anyway, I got up, I walked around to her desk. And she'd Google Tub Girl. But worse than that, what, you know, this is, this is 2005, 2006. What would tend to happen is if you Googled anything like that, you would get into a rabbit hole of of porn, basically. Um, and she managed to get onto this site, which wasn't the original Tub Girl image. It was a... An, a, a they, they'd used... The, it was early days of search engine optimization. They'd used Tub Girl to push their website up the rankings. And uh, she was on a site where millions of anuses were popping up on her screen. <laughs> and every time she closed one of the anuses, another two would open. So it was... And, and like the, these, these weren't like cubicles where no one could see your screen. Her screen was very much open to the whole office. You know, everyone was everyone was able to see her screen. She was panicking. She was this gentle, sweet girl who was going bright red, like almost in tears. And she's like, "Chris, can you make this stop? Can you, can you stop this happening?" Uh, and and as I was round there, I swear to God, this is, it sounds implausible, but this is one hundred percent true. Our boss started walking back down the corridor of the office towards our bank oh, of desks. God. As the anuses are multiplying. As the anuses are multiplying. I'm, I'm not joking, they're everywhere. Like, <laughs> proliferating anuses. It's, it's insane how many anuses she's looking at right now. That I'm looking at as a result of her looking at them. And, and so, it, you know, the, our boss is getting closer and closer. Beth's panicking, I'm panicking, and I don't know what to do. So I just, I literally just pulled out the, um, the cable from the monitor. I was like, there's nothing else we can do no. in this situation. I can't get rid of the anuses. It's gonna, they're multiplying. I have to just remove the anuses from anyone's view. So we pulled out the monitor um, and we did a hard reset on the computer. And, uh, and luckily we knew the IT guys. There, there were sort of, you know, in, in small businesses like that, IT guys are normally pretty sound and you're gonna go and have a quiet word and say, look, we've, we've made a bit of a mistake here. And, and we've Googled, <laughs> we Googled Tub Girl. Um, and I will never forget the day. I was crying with laughter, but only after the event, because at the yeah. time we were both filled with utter panic. Um, and, and Tub Girl has, has never meant anything else to me since. There's a detail of Tub, Tub Girl that, I, that I, it never leaves me. And it isn't that, it isn't the, 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 the extreme diarrhea or the, as you say, the prolapsed arsehole. It's the fact that her socks are pulled all the way up. <laughs> it's just... It's, they're literally to her knees. Why has she put that much effort into getting her socks exactly the same length when she's about to do that in the bar? I mean, How yeah, I'll do it, but I don't want to get shit on my shins. No! And they're like football socks as well. They're not like normal socks. They're just a lot of them. It's like, how does... How does someone... Actually, I don't even want to think about how someone arrives there. It's probably quite bleak. But there they are. Your top five guys, your top five guys, when you said it, I was like, I'm sure I've got some. So I obviously wrote some down and I thought, ah, oh, oh, there must be others. But as soon as you guys started talking, all these other ones are just like, that are just fucking mental, are just appearing in my mind. And I'm like, straight away, Tub Boy oh popped God. up in his head. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Wendy, I, I had a similar, um, similar thing at work. I worked at the Outback Steakhouse. I uh, got, um, finished uni, got a, uh, what degree did I get, Stu? I can't remember. What did Your Wi Fi just played up there, mate. You can't. I said, what degree did I get? Do you remember? Sorry, Matt, Connie, it's breaking up. <laughs> so I got a first-class economics degree, one from the <laughs> and uh, then went, went and worked in a steakhouse, like every wise, every, every sensible person with a first-class degree in banking does. And um, uh, basically, there was loads of, like, you, you'd work, and some of the younger girls would do sort of like, they'd do the seating, and they were lovely. Really, it was a really nice team of people who worked there, but the girls were, like, say, like, 16, and just completely innocent. And then there was grot bags like me who finished uni, whose mind was completely in the gutter, and, like, they'd always come and ask me, and my, me and Mark could say a curse word, and they'd be like, what does that mean? And they'd giggle. And uh, one time, and it was around this time of year, um, we were we, we were like out the back, and me and Mark, I, I can't remember who called who a felcher, but um, people started laughing and giggling, and then um, Laura was like, "Oh, what does that mean, Chris?" And I was like, "Seriously, Laura, just go home, Google it, and you'll find out all about it." I don't know if I said Google, I don't know what search engines was there. Ask Jeeves. To to ask Jeeves exactly. I um I totally forgot about it until Christmas Day. And I got a message from one of my best mate's mums 
who was so close to my family, she was an auntie. You know how you call your best mate? Auntie Jackie messaged me this massive long thing going, Chris, you're disgusting. My <laughs> shit. And I was thinking, my mate James must have got hold of his mum's phone because she's going at me about, about um, you know, you've, you've ruined Christmas. You've had, you know, you told her this word and it's absolutely filthy how you'd know that or why you'd tell her to go and look at that. She'd yeah. basically, Christmas Day, been round there with my mate's family and they were talking about work, how's work, yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And, and then she was like, oh, that's right, Chris, Chris told me to go and Google the word felching. <laughs> and she'd done it. And up come different, up come different images and explanations. And that was, that she, like, when I spoke to her a couple of days later, she said, I'm really sorry, Chris. I said, what happened? He said, well, there's about four of us and people were just literally looking over my shoulder on Christmas Day of, like, about the whole subject of felching. So, yeah, that, that's my one there. Awful, awful stuff. Uh, before we... Go on, sorry, mate. No, I was just going to say what's the next one, but... You've oh, oh, yeah, just before see. we move on, uh, just uh, that panicked yank of the power cord. We've all been there, haven't we? Just and it would have that... been back. It would have been. Back, that's not a euphemism, though. No. Uh, and like and, and that, and, and it was back when you know, if you googled, I don't know, fucking tits, you would get them never-ending pop-ups that and like and yeah. you try and shut them and another one would you know pop up and it was it was you know like the you know um, multitude of anuses. Um, but yeah, there's been there's definitely times when all of a sudden it was just out of control like that, and it is the the go to. I've just got to pull the plug, and I yeah, I, get it out. And and the thing is, is sometimes you, you'll do that, but you're thinking at some point I've got to plug this monitor back in. Yeah, what am I going to see? Yeah, <laughs> am I have got enough time to sort yeah. this problem before someone else comes back? Yeah, um, I used to we, we I was like I was quite active on the internet back when it was proper wild west. Um, as soon as I was aware of it, I was like, I need this. But the only way you could get it back then was you'd have to run a telephone wire from um, from from the, the the main box where the where the the, uh, the phone line the phone was plugged in. You'd have to unplug the phone, which means the phone was out of bounds, and then you'd have to run a lead all the way up the house. It's a three story house in in Holloway, all the way up, and there was just this line. And luckily, at the time, your parents didn't know what the internet was actually for. Now everyone knows what the internet's actually for. But back then, they just thought, oh, it's information, isn't it? He's learning. He's, he's working. Um, I wasn't obviously working. I was filling up floppy disks. <laughs> <laughs> also not um, euphemism. <laughs> Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact... You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, the next story is, um, I don't, I don't know, I'm not sure if I can, it's difficult to follow that, that story, Wendy. Thanks, <laughs> Sorry about uh, that, mate. Uh, that's all right. Um, I, do you look guys like football? 
Uh, are you into football? Is that the one uh, <laughs> where they have pit stops? <laughs> no. I'm, I'm only asking because I've got name drop a couple of people here. And if you don't know what they are, then it's kind of pointless knowing. But I was obsessed I, with football until 1990. You'll, you'll, you'll know... You'll, 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 you'll know who they are. Right. You'll know, you should do anyway. Okay. If not, Wendy, you're going to have to help me here. But I, um, I worked, I, I used to do something really good, um, a really good, noble sort of profession. And in, in, I'd work with a lot of young people with um, learning difficulties and kids coming out of care homes and stuff and teaching them media work, right? Like how to produce a podcast or do, um, make, edit magazines or layouts and stuff like that, whatever it might be. And I gave all that up to sold my soul and worked for a football media company. And a part of this job was to, similar to what I was doing there, but it was just for football rather than doing anything good. And luckily, it afforded me the opportunity to follow England um, in the, the the World Cup in, when was it? When did 2018? World Cup. Is it 2000? What, uh, 20, uh, 2018. 2018. Um, so I was travelling with my manager at the time, my boss, and he he somehow knew Ian Wright. So Ian Wright was a, a big Arsenal forward. Um, we had planned to meet him to make some content. Um, but my boss was kind of one of those guys that were just p- pushy. They always wanted that the next thing. It wasn't enough just to meet and make this content. What are you doing next, Ian Wright? And who are you meeting? And he was sort of dragging me along this path where he tr- was trying to get into whatever Ian Wright was doing next just so we can make more content or whatever. And I'm like starting to feel really awkward now because there's Ian Wright. There's my boss who sort of knows Ian Wright. And then there's just me, this weird sort of bloke who Ian Wright doesn't know for a madam, just walking around carrying bags, following this conversation. Anyway, we eventually get into this, this um, sort of, it was in Paris. It was like a, like, like a little cafe, but more than that, like a bistro. And there was a big long table and Ian Wright was heading towards this table. My boss was following him and as far away as possible, I was following them two. Just, just wanted to be away from it. And he sat down and, and eventually I sat down at this table and I looked up and there was um, Glenn Hoddle, um, Lee Dixon, who's like a incredible right back who played many games of football for England and, and Arsenal. Uh, there's Mark Chapman, who's a, a a massive sort of media presenter, football presenter. There's Ian Wright. There's a gaggle of women, and then there's um, there's me. I didn't. I, there's no. There's no reason in the world that I, I I should have been at that table, but there I was because I I followed along with my boss. And obviously, people are eating, and then people start to communicate while they're eating. It's a polite thing to do. I've never really had been starstruck before. I, I, I've been intimidated by someone who's like, like they're, you know, they've achieved great things. And I've been around some of that through this job. But Glenn Oddle was someone that my dad had, had talked about as if he was God my entire life. And suddenly I'm sat there in front of him and I completely melted. I couldn't get <laughs> any words out. I couldn't say anything. And then they obviously people are talking to each other. And because they're normal, decent human beings, they're talking to you. Uh, there was a moment of silence where it's got Lee Dixon to the right of me. I'm sitting here, and the only thing I could think to say to him, because the, everyone else is in conversation, it's just me and Lee Dixon. I'm thinking, fuck, I'm sitting next to Lee Dixon, as is, do you like sharks? <laughs> <laughs> I love sharks, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love sharks. That's one of my things, right? I don't know why. I'm almost like, it's just, I have been obsessed with them for ages. And it's my, my go-to thing. I can talk about sharks all day, but you don't. That's not what you talk to Lee Dixon about. He's, it's he's quite niche. Done, very niche. Do you know how he's responded? Because I love sharks. Like, <laughs> oh, fuck off, really? Yeah, he's a, he's he lives out in um in Florida and surfs all the time. He's obsessed with sharks. Oh, but we had a 50, 15 minute conversation about sharks. It was brilliant. <laughs> I still couldn't get a word out to Hoddle, but other than that, and after, afterwards I got a lot of stick from my boss going, so why was you so quiet? It was really weird. You made things weird. You made things weird by dragging me to this fucking place. 
Anyway, yeah, so I had a great 15-minute conversation with Lee Dixon about sharks. I didn't think I'd ever do that. I, I mean, think I think it's... Uh, I, th- I don't know if that was high-risk question, because I'm a massive fan of sharks. I really yeah. am, Flav. But, yeah, may- maybe in that situation... I did that uh, w- with a work boss once, the top guy in my organisation. I asked him if he liked asparagus, and no one... <laughs> no one... Like, every year I was at that organisation, my secret Santa prize was 20 quid's <laughs> worth of asparagus. <laughs> That is a great prize. That's a great prize. I love asparagus. It's good, yeah, it is. Yeah, I do like it. The problem is with the next part of that conversation about asparagus. The, the logical next part is about how your piss smells when you when you've had asparagus. So you have backed yourself into a corner there, haven't you? <laughs> exactly. There's nowhere else to go. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Uh, so where are we at, Wendy? I'm going to I'm going to go back to retail. Um, so I I worked at B and Q when I was a student. I I loved working at B and Q. It was some of the the greatest times. I mean, that's a mental thing to say as a 36 year old man. That you know, I think back on the happiest times of my life, and there when I was 17 working at B and Q. But honestly, just so many funny stories from B and Q. And the reason I worked there is it was literally down the road from my house, so I had a, a five minute walk to work. And loads of my mates from school worked there as well. So there was a big group of us. And we, that's why it was so fun, because we were all the same age. We all, we, you know, we just had school during a week. And then it's like, oh, you, you're working this weekend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'd go down. We'd, we'd have a laugh, basically. We'd make it into fun. Um, and I, I had a bit of a cushy number, to be fair, because I, after a while of six months or so of working on the shop floor, um, an opportunity came up in the cash office. So I, I ended up working in the cash office for half of the day which was a bit of a sort of best of both worlds scenario because working on the shop floor all day was not only really tiring, but also it got a bit tedious after a while. So I would have the morning in the cash office counting thousands of thousands of pounds and you know juggling with bundles of 20 pound notes. And you know it was amazing as a 16, 17 year old. Uh, and then in the afternoon, I'd come on the shop floor and it, it was like it was new and fresh to me. Everyone else was bored by then. So I, but I was I was able to enjoy it. Um, and loads of funny things happened at B&Q, uh, too many to mention, but the one that sticks in my mind, um, I don't know if, it, if any of you worked in retail, but the highlight of a working day when you worked in retail was when there was a suspected shoplifter. So, <laughs> so at B&Q, we had a, a list of codes that would come over the public address system, right? And a code 150 meant that there was a suspected shoplifter. So they would say code 150 in the gardening section or something like that. Brilliant. And so for me... We're going to get I a legal got... letter from B&Q now, aren't we? We're just absolutely <laughs> giving away all of their codes now. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, it could still be the case. I'm, I'm, I'm making it easy for thieves now, aren't I? If you hear 150, get out there. They've, they've clocked you. Uh, <laughs> so what code 150 for me meant I, get, I, get to, I basically get to practice being a detective. So I was straight down that, you know, I was straight down the um, gardening section or wherever, having a little look around the corner, trying to work out who, who they might be referring to with this, this code 150, who might be um, eyeing up the lawnmowers or, or pocketing secateurs or something, I don't know. And so that I would have a lot of fun with that. Um, and then a code 100 meant that there was theft happening right now. And the, the, the company policy was when, or certainly the store policy. I don't know if it was company policy. This is what we were told by my managers. If there's a code 100, you all get down to the front of the store ASAP and you stop whoever it is leaving the store. So, you know, 16, 17, 18-year-old boys and girls trying to stop grown adults, experienced shoplifters, it was always going to end up in, in some sort of funny situation. Um, I remember this one time, we had this, we had this boss called Sonny who was a... a to me, a gentle giant, uh, apparently had a bit of a, a history of not being so gentle, but he was massive, probably six foot four, just as wide, you know, the kind of bloke that, you know, if you were asked to restock the lawnmowers, you know, they're massive, they come in these huge boxes, and he would just be able to pick up two lawnmowers, one in each hand, whereas I'd be like carrying it, my whole body would be put into the, to carrying a lawnmower, he was just this huge guy. Uh, it was a day when Sonny was working. I was I was upstairs having a lunch break, and a code one hundred comes over the public address system, and I thought I'm not missing this for the world. I, this is <laughs> this is what I work. This is what I come to work for. <laughs> so I just I pegged it down from the um, the canteen area, and I, I ran down to the shop floor, and I you know apron flapping, my B and Q apron flapping in front of me with the wind. I, I ran down to the front of the store, and and the the, 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 the scene that I was met by. 
on arrival at the front of the store was one of the most insane things I've ever seen. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know, I, I later found out what had happened to get to this state, but at the time, this is what I saw. Sonny, this massive manager, big, bald head, scars, tattoos. <laughs> In one hand, he had an unboxed lawnmower, <laughs> holding it by the handle. In the other hand, he had a woman... Round her shoulder, she she had one breast hanging out. <laughs> so so I don't I can't quite imagine how it got to that point. But, but basically, I think what happened was she was a suspected shoplifter, and another customer had seen her steal something, had been a sort of have a go hero and tried to stop her running away. Sunny had sort of made his way, he doesn't. He didn't run for anyone, he just walked down the front of the store and he said, right, you're not going anywhere, just grabbed her, grabbed her around the shoulders. She tried to sort of wrestle herself free, and in the, in the melee, one of her boobs had popped out of the top. Found a Janet Jackson. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and this is, this is a, you know, Saturday afternoon, it's the busiest time for the store, there's all these customers, and there's just like a crowd of people watching the scene, it was absolutely oh, I mean, for insane. A, for a 16-year-old lad, you know, the, 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 there's a scene, there's potential for violence, and there's a boob. What more do you want at 16? Nah. Exactly. I mean, honestly, I would have paid them to be in that day. They were paying me to be at work. That is, that's amazing. I, I, had, I had a similar story, not, I mean, that actually wasn't similar at all. The But I, when I worked at Woolies, they, uh, a guy at Christmas, he, he snatched this woman's purse, and he'd obviously seen... That there was like a lo- loads of money in all our Christmas money, and um, I saw it go, and I thought, yes, this is going to be great. I'm going to be a hero here. Um, leapt over the record. I made it to the record desk at that time, so I leapt over the record desk and chased after him, and it fell out of his pocket as or, or whatever he was holding and landed on the floor. So I did. I got all of the money back to the woman without having to have this horrible confrontation that I was nowhere near equipped to deal with. <laughs> in my head, thought that I was be able to. Return the money to this packed store, and it was like returning yeah, like right. a. Oh, mate, it's one of my fondest memories. I often go back to it. And go, oh, that was a really good day. I'm really happy that happened. <laughs> oh, brilliant! Um, so what have we got left? How many have we got left? I think we've got one, oh, one more, one more, one more. Yeah, have you, got, have you got any other Stu, that you want to throw into the mix before? I don't know if I've mentioned this one on, on hardcore listing, but it was my my last job I had, like working. I, I spent like. A year and a half um, working uh, in a business um, that, that, that dealt with like sort of port cabins, if you want to call them that, modular buildings, and uh, and and I was a, a sort of project manager, uh, and you know I kind of had a bit of a background in construction when I was a kid, and it's just a, a, an, an air, sort of an area of work that I'm not comfortable in, you know, and from the very early days of of, of you know being on building sites, it was like everyone was looking at the the Sunday sport and I was like any of you lads like the Smiths <laughs> no okay <laughs> like, I, I was just not cut out for that um anyway I, I found myself back there doing uh some some project management and uh and and I'd never really been in a big office environment and and then you start to kind of you know you get the measure of people and the thing was like I had enough irons in other fires that fundamentally I didn't give a fuck about the job so like if I got the boot it weren't the end of the world so that kind of changed my attitude towards going to work where I just thought well look this job is boring so I'm going to make it interesting so I'm going to basically terrorise the cunts that work there and just make their lives difficult uh, <laughs> and so that that would that would just be like you know some some hijinks like you know just hiding their desk and things like that and 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 just any time I put food in the fridge you know I'd go out and put it in the the fridge for the lads out in the yard and I'd be like hey go boys I've got you some food no oh, cheers mate ah, no worries and uh, and then you know I, I would generally wind this one guy up who was very right wing and uh, and. Where that office was is not far from where I live, and uh, and there's there, there's a lot of people that that live here that um that have come from sort of Eastern Europe, and he wasn't comfortable with that, and uh, and he was from he was from Peterborough, 
uh, and he was one of the sort of senior boys in this in this in this <coughs> office. And what he decided to do was um, buy a second property um, in the area. And uh, so he, you know, word got got round that he'd just moved to where we where where we live. And uh, and all he was doing was moaning um, about going into town and uh, and and what he would refer to as like you know bloody immigrants. Like, and uh, so I just thought, right, I've got an idea that I think might be quite funny. So he was going on holiday, uh, which just meant he was going home to to Peterborough uh, for a week. So um, what I done was um, got my mate who. Who, who worked in a, in a more senior position to do something really naughty. I mean, the company's gone under now, so it don't matter. Uh, and give me um, <laughs> both his home addresses. Uh, and then I went and took some, uh, created some headed paper for my local council. <laughs> and, uh, and then I wrote to him when he was on holiday uh, at his home in Peterborough and sent him a letter saying, um, <laughs> we've just seen that you've recently bought a three-bedroom property uh, in Thurrock, um, and as part of our new community care share scheme, we'll be asking you, as sole owner, he lived on his own, to um, please uh, offer your bedrooms to people that have come to the UK. But, uh, and now I sent it to his to his address in, in Peterborough, and uh, and I'd, I'd kind of sniggered about it, and then like kind of forgot about it and then the week later when he sort of come back in the office I've walked I've been on site so I'd walk back in the office and I heard <laughs> this girl in the office talking to him going do fucking what <laughs> what you've got to have them fucking like, living in your fucking ass they're taking the piss and I was thinking oh fuck I forgot about that and he was going and he looked worried he looked really worried right and I was like what's going on he went look at this right and I'd signed it like Pull me off, right? The name <laughs> yeah. I've literally signed it. Pull me off, right? And I thought, well, he's not read that, and like, and he was like, he was like angry, and he was just going, I, 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 I can't do it, I can't do it. He's going like, what's and uh, and this, this girl in the office was really angry, and that was that was like the thing that was making my kind of like, think, I'm gonna laugh in a minute, I'm gonna laugh in a minute, and so the boss then come over to me and went, Have you done this as a wind up? And I went, No. And he went like, because he's really, he phoned me up last night when he got that letter and he's really worried about this. And I was like, oh no, I said, it weren't me. And, uh, <laughs> and then like, I was, I was like sniggering and my boss was like, was, was, was all right. And he was like, it was you, wasn't it? And I was like, <laughs> can I just have a little bit more fun with it? And he went, go on then. So <laughs> I gave it two weeks. And then, like, you know, just, just over them two weeks, I would just go like, um, "Have you, uh, you heard any more about that community care share thing?" I said, "Only like a few of the people down at boxing club said that like because there's, there's a lot of people like that I've trained from Eastern Europe." I said, "A lot of them were talking about it the other day," and he was going, "I, I just, I just, I'm, I'm just going to ignore it." And I went, "You can't ignore it, mate." <laughs> he went, "He went, no, no, I'm just going to ignore it." And I went, oh, "Fair enough." So I then sent him another letter <laughs> explaining. Um, asking him why he hadn't responded to the initial letter. Uh, failure to do so will incur a fine and stuff like that. <laughs> I then get a phone call that night from my boss going, he's nearly in tears. Like, <laughs> you, need, you need to fucking stop this. And I was like, oh, man. Like, I really would like to get like some of the lads from the boxing club with their wives and kids and dogs just to turn <laughs> up on his front door. <laughs> and they wouldn't have it. They wouldn't have it. So I was like, I had to kind of go. I mean, I've never admitted it to him. But uh, but I did to my boss go all right. Look, let him know that it's a wind up, and uh, and he knew it was me. But he was he was a right fucking bully that geezer as well. And it, I think it had been anyone else, he probably would have like caused a bit of a scene. But I think he knew that I just didn't give a shit, so he didn't kind of ever call me out on it. But uh, yeah, the irony was the that the, he would have probably would have helped him with his prejudice. Completely, completely. Yeah. I was doing him <laughs> a favour, Flav. I know. He actually has to I engage know. with the stuff he's saying. You yeah. taught him a valuable life lesson that you can. There's, there, there might well be freedom of speech, but that doesn't mean you're free from the consequences of that <laughs> speech. Absolutely. <laughs> I reckon. I don't reckon he has learned any lessons. I just reckon he's still nah. furious about oh, it. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. All right. Number one. Um, I don't think this should be number one. It's uh, so because it's so good. It's so funny. No, no, no. Don't do that. Don't build it up before we tell it your both your stories were funnier than this but whatever um so back at woolies 
um, this is before I got fired. Um, they, I, I joined when I was like, like I said, I was just just turned sixteen and stuff. So I was there for a couple of years, and it was um, everybody uh, who was on the shop floor. They would need uh, a name badge. You'd need a badge. Every part of the uniform it was really important to the boss to have a, a name badge. So, um, but the, these name badges weren't like drawn on with pen or handwritten. They had to be sent off. They had to be sent wow. off to be creative. And only the most important, because there's there's some effort involved. The bosses really weren't concentrating on name badges. They were concentrating on keeping woolies afloat. Um, should have done better, shouldn't they? Should have worked harder. Well, <laughs> should have concentrated <laughs> on the name badges. They um they uh. They only really made it so that you would get a name, or well, a name badge would be created if you were like a senior sales assistant or a designated sales assistant or assistant manager. And everybody else would just have to pick a name from these, this pool of like a little box full of, full of names. Um, but I was one of the, the last few to join. And the, the most significant uh, salespeople on the floor had um were one was sri lankan and the other one uh was from the middle east somewhere and everybody else had already picked out their name badge i've um i've gone to pick up their name to pick a, a name badge and there's only two tags left <laughs> and the names on those tags were babu <laughs> and mohammed <laughs> now both of those are strong names, right? Really strong names. But I look, I look neither like Babu nor a Mohammed. But the, the company code was so strict that you had to wear one of these badges. So <laughs> I was like, well, what, what do I do? What, what, which one do I pick? You're in an impossible situation there. What, what, can, you, what can you do? What's the right thing to do? The right thing to do was just ne not, I don't, don't just let him go without a badge. Um, so I'm like, well, I can't get away with Mohammed. I just, I just don't look anything like a Mohammed. I might be able to get away with a Babu. <laughs> so I had, I was, I was on the tills and I had Babu on my, on my chest for about eight, uh, 19 months. Um, people would go up, come up to him and go, is that Babu? That's a strange name. I'm, yeah. Yeah. I know. Is it Swedish? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, probably. It was actually Sri Lankan. Um, so yeah, that was what it is. Eventually, I got hold of a mark, and that was that was I switched it out for that. But yeah, yeah, I was, uh, I was known for, for about eighteen months as Babu in Woolworths. Mate, I thought you was going to say like for like a day, but for nine no, no, months is incredible. You're not allowed to change the name tags. You have to wear one because it's just etiquette. Everybody. Basically, anybody who there was about four Babus and about four Mohammed name tags floating around, but anybody who um, anybody who left, you then went for that name badge. Like people would want one that's sort of similar to their ethnic background. Um, and I I got Mark when he left, and then about two months later I was sacked. So um, I love to think that Babu's still got a criminal record for a Twix he never ate. <laughs> <laughs> Babu, Babu was a sound, sound bloke. He was a lovely, lovely man. Are you talking about yourself to... now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the third person. I was honoured to share his name with him, and I'm sure his mum would have been proud to have two Babus. But um, yeah, he was a legend. I didn't, I didn't mind. And, and uh, but yeah, it was funny in the end. And like you say, after about working in retail, it becomes monotonous, and you just stop giving a shit. And that was uh, that was one of the highlights being called Babu. That's it, boys. Chris, got any more? Uh, I've got one that's slightly a bit more blue than. than yeah. um, I, weirdly, so I was. Well, I, can't, I won't name the, the the service, but it was my first. I loved retail, and like I, I think, think when you were saying, like some of your you thinking your best days were back when you were seventeen. I, I'm in absolute agreement with that. I had I worked in Saver Centre, and. Um, I loved that job, man. Like getting, I, I, I could never be afflicted by a hangover. So Saturday working on the checkouts and that, I was all right with it. And I just met some absolutely brilliant people there. But my first, when I came out of uni after, you know, um, my, my stint at a steakhouse, I went and worked in a, a large, very professional organisation, very serious sort of thing in the public eye quite a lot. And um, 
Christmas parties were great. And it was a time when I was very much the sort of, like, young mid-twenties Chris was a very badly behaved sort of tyke, really. And um, and I was always flirting with disciplinary action all the time. And, uh, you know, and basically got slapped with disciplinary action, I think, three, three years in a row. And, um, but this particular Christmas party, I, I was generally quite well behaved. And um, I remember being back in the office. It was at the, do you remember, I don't know, most of you guys won't know this. Stu, you might know this place, the, the Troxy. Do you know the Troxy yeah. in Limehouse? It's a massive venue. And they, this Christmas party was the bomb, right? They had really laid it on thick. And it was all Art Deco, the, the interior of the Troxy. And they had this insane, like, food spread. And it was all, like, fresh seafood. And it, basically, if you wanted to invite your partner to come along, it was something like £120 for them to come because of how much this, this, this night had cost. And this lad, this lad had invited his girlfriend. He was, a, he was a young graduate and he invited a girl. Must have paid £120 for her to come along. And anyway, they come to the party and like I've done many a time at a Christmas party, I get a bit carried away, can't handle my alcohol particularly very well. I've necked about five flutes of champagne and all of a sudden, I'm starting to act like a dickhead. And I'd learnt my lesson because it was about five years in, so I learnt not to be such a bastard. Mm. But this young lad, <laughs> this young lad and his girlfriend, she started to get really, really drunk. And he was like, he, he'd been. I'd heard that he'd like explained to her, look, you know, can you? You're going to have to just slow down on the drinking because this is the company that I work for. And she told him to go and get fucked and. Basically, they'd split up at this party and she'd started getting increasingly more drunk and flirting with other guys. So this, this must be a nightmare situation for any human being that they You're just standing against the wall just watching from afar waiting to swoop <laughs> in, right? <laughs> yeah, basically. And um, this girl gets... Like, I, I remember seeing her. She was absolutely shit-faced and she was being quite flirtatious with with guys and stuff like that and I kind of felt sorry for the dude anyway I come into the I, for some reason that Christmas um, I somehow was in a, in a management position by this point I was in the office on the first day back really early doors and um, we have it we had an intranet which is basically every year they post the Christmas pictures on there and so normally it's someone from HR or something or who's one of the uh, or nearly gave away the organisation one of the executive assistants will go around and take photos throughout the night and so I'm sat there with my coffee in the morning just scrolling through the intranet at the, the Christmas parties and there's a picture of two people standing on the dance floor and around the dance floor at the Troxy there's just all chairs all the way around it and not not perfectly in focus, but immediately behind on two seats, there's a, a chap who happened to be Sri Lankan, and I actually was his manager a few years later. <laughs> he sat there, and the girl of this guy who he'd brought along was noshing him off. <laughs> <laughs> I could not believe what I was seeing. I was like... What the fuck? Because the woman who took the photo obviously hadn't gone and censor checked them for X-rated sex scenes, <laughs> and she just uploaded them all to the internet. So I had to. I, I sent him a message and was like, "Guys, you've got, really? got to get this out." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, I'm, I'm no. I thought fun. he was going to go, and I've still got the picture. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be the cover art for this episode. <laughs> I, I had some uh, amends to make in that organisation, so that was me trying to probably be responsible for. Oh, them, I would so. have had to have seen that one. Pat. And, uh, I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, as we're uh, approaching the hour mark, gents, um, thank you ever so much for your time. What's what's coming up? What's happening? Not in the world, but uh, I'm thinking <laughs> with, with, with the podcast and stuff. No one wants to talk about what's happening in the world at the moment today. To <laughs> Let's not go there. <laughs> 15 minutes is into... Uh, there's two seasons, um, and we're about halfway into season... Two, um, uh, we've got some fantastic stuff lined up. We've got a couple of episodes, obviously, on Christmas Eve where we're dropping the Christmas episode, which is lovely and festive. Uh, we've one about family and how important family is and family units. Um, so it's obviously trying to make some sort of feel-good content uh, during during Christmas. And then, you know, we're, we're looking to get on some 
some guests that are as significant as, as you are, Stu. So, we, you know, we're looking out for people. Uh, Chris, I was not involved in this conversation, so I don't know why you weren't invited on the pod. I think that's I'd love to. maybe something. I'd love to do it. Well, I, you, I'd, I'd love it, but I don't know why he wasn't involved in the first place. I thought it was a bit rude. I'll, I'll, I'll DM you about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, but um, but we're also you know we we're just look, yeah we're looking for in, in order to help us grow this podcast because we're really passionate about it and we really enjoy doing it. It's one of the best bits of the week. But obviously, we want it to grow. We want it to we want, it, we want want people to listen to it and get something from it as well. So we're um, yeah we're looking for people to come on. Wonderful. But other than that, just looking nice. forward to 2001, being happy, getting past all this no- bullshit, yeah. and um, yeah, just getting back to normality, Ben, go, go and have a pint with my mates, that'd be lovely. It's, it's the simple, it's the sort of simple pleasures like that, isn't it? It really is. Yeah. Um, gents, have a lovely a Christmas. Pleasure. Thank and you, you so much. And you. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks, guys. Cheers, boys. Thanks for having all us. All right, take it easy. <laughs> Bye. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.